blessed to be with you again, blessed to be with you, blessed to be with you. Pastor Sam, Pastor Kathy, thank you again for the opportunity. You guys are amazing, amazing, amazing. Last night I was here and Pastor David Hall, holy cow, Batman. That was truly remarkable. I'm taking him to California with me. I am. Just amazing. Give it up for Pastor David. Last night was just phenomenal, just brilliant. Woo. I repented. I became born again all over again. Just brilliant. Be before you're seated, if you're seated already, just fake it and stand up again. And all I want you to do, and just this is, this is a little bit of an awkward thing that we're going to do, not that we're never awkward. <laughs> so this is a little bit awkward, but we're going to do this because it's just what the Spirit of God placed in my heart to do. So it's, we're going to continue with the suddenly theme, but all I want you to do is just tell someone that you like, tell someone we're just one touch away. Just tell them that. We're just one touch away. And just touch that person like this respectfully. Touch them like this and tell them we're one touch away. We're one touch away. We're one touch away. All right. Now, now you're, you're going to get this in a second. You may be seated. Let me give you. Matthew chapter 9 verse 20 says the following. Continuing with the collective theme. Matthew 9 20 says this. Suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. There's that word again. Suddenly a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. His garment. Matthew 9, 20. Somebody say suddenly. Suddenly. A woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched him. Now, the, 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 the collective sort of more comprehensive meta-narrative comes out of Mark chapter 5. So let me read it. because I'm going to read it real fast because I'm Latino. And I'm going to skip stuff. And I'm just, I'm just going to go. que no le guste, que no le guste. Pero voy a leerlo bien rápido aquí en este lugar. So here it is. Mark chapter 5, because this is a crazy story. It's not just the woman touching Jesus. You've heard that before. No, it's way beyond that. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, when he was there, he saw Jesus fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. So Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd, suddenly, there it is, ha-ha, she wasn't even part of the story. She had nothing to do with the proverbial price of chicken. She just popped up. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years bleeding. She suffered a great deal from many doctors over the years. She spent everything she had. Obamacare couldn't cover her. She heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him. He wasn't even looking at her. He, she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She said, if I touch him, I will be healed. Suddenly, immediately, verse 29, Mark 5, 29, here's another suddenly, another immediately, instantly, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body she had been healed. Jesus realized that one, that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around and looked at the crowd and said, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, this crowd is all around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he responded to her and said this, underline this, underline this, daughter, called her daughter, your faith has made you well. 
go in peace, your suffering is over. So let me show you something here. Let me show you something here. Let me show you something. For this illustration, I'm going to need two examples. It was short notice. For this illustration, you're the 12-year-old girl. Come here. You're the 12-year-old girl. You're the older woman with the issue. Come here. You're a woman. You're an older woman with an issue, and you're a 12-year-old girl. When the liberal press says the church is not progressive, yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. So you're the 12-year-old girl. Now, let me show you something. This is, this is, there's a prophetic edge to this message if you hear it. Hear it in your spirit. This is not about the woman touching Jesus exclusively. No. This entire narrative is not just about or Jesus coming here. No. These stories are connected. Completely connected. Jesus was en route, en route to healing a 12-year-old girl when all of a sudden an older woman who was bleeding touched Jesus. She wasn't even part of the narrative. She wasn't part of the journey. He wasn't even looking her way. She touched Jesus. I'm going to tell you what God placed in my heart for you. This is for you. This is for you. Watch this. This is where one touch away. Watch. This is, mm, you have to connect the stories. Why? This is a younger generation that is dying, an older generation that is bleeding. There's one generation that's bleeding, one generation that's dying. There's a generation right now in the world that is dying. The younger generation, according to every single survey, is the, less, the least Christian, the least committed to absolutes and moral truth than any other generation in world history. There's a generation that is dying, but there is likewise a generation that is bleeding. So when we say, Lord, can you please save the next generation? These things are connected. It's not a coincidence. What am I saying? The moment our generation touches God, God will touch the next generation. I'm going to do this one more time because I really want you to get it. The moment that we, we touch Jesus, Jesus will touch the next. We are waiting. God, we want you to touch the next, heal the next, save the next. Please, please, please. And God is waiting for our generation to rise up. He's waiting for our generation to break through the crowd. He's waiting for our generation to break through the minutiae and the bureaucracy. He's waiting for us to get, when we touch Jesus, Jesus will touch the next generation. That's the power. We are one touch away. We are one suddenly away. We're one touch away from a suddenly. It requires us, us, the, the bleeding generation, the broken generation. It requires us to touch Jesus, and then Jesus will touch the next. When you read the narrative, the little girl never touched Jesus. Jesus touched the little girl. Jesus never touched the older generation. The older generation touched Jesus. You're going to get this by tomorrow morning. Because we know how to touch Jesus. That generation has no idea how to touch Jesus. So Jesus has to touch the next generation. But that will take place only after this takes place. So I'm going to speak prophetically. Let me prophesy. We are about the next, yeah, boy, that next generation will not die. In New Zealand, in Australia, in, in, in the Philippines. 
in the Philippines, in Asia, in America, in Europe, in Africa. The next generation will not die. The next generation is about to be touched by the power of Jesus like we have never seen before. This is the pecking order. One generation touches God for God to touch the next generation. And, and if I could show you from Genesis to Revelation, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Let me, let me put it this way. Here it is. George, come behind me in this, and you go last because you're the youngest here. You're the way oldest, but for this example, we're going to do this differently. Well, actually, you go up here, front here, in, in order. So here's what we're going to do. You're God. This is me. And this is, this is my generation. These are our children and our children's children. So all I want you to do, George, here's an X spot right here. All I want you to do is walk up to the X. Walk up, touch it, and then keep on going. All right? So hold on to me. Hold on to me. I'm going to hold on to you. Go ahead, God. Go to the X. Go to the X. Touch it. Keep on going. Touch it. Keep on going. Beautiful. I just showed you Christianity from Genesis to Revelation in one example. God conquers, you possess, your children inherit. I don't know if you got this. God conquers, you possess, your children inherit. What does that mean? God conquers, that's why we're more than conquerors, because he conquers. God conquers, we possess, our children inherit. By the time our children get there, God was already there, you were already there, and they are inheriting. Are you with me right now? So if, if you are obsessed with generational curses, that's totally up to you. I am believing for generational blessings in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will be blessed, will be favored, will be saved, will be filled with the power of God. They will, your, your great-grandfather was an alcoholic. Your father was an alcoholic. Maybe there's an inclination of alcoholism in your life. Your great-great-grandfather was a philander, and your father was a philander. So there's an inclination of sexual indiscretion. We bind that and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We're going to flip it around. I said we're going to flip it around. What are we going to say if the Lord tarries three, four, five generations from now, your children's 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 children will say, my great-grandfather was a man of God. My great my grandfather was a man. My mother was a woman of God. We're going to turn this around. I'm going to say it again. We're going to turn this around. Your children and your children's children will inherit what God conquers and you possess. That's the generational rubric right there. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes we are healed. Acts 16.31, your household will be saved. Joshua 24.15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is the touch of order. Somebody say order. The touch of order. It is that order. Our generation touches God. God will touch the next. And order precedes overflow. It is a touch of faith. She suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years... She had spent so much, she got no better. In fact, she got worse. That's what the Bible says. There are things the woman did not have. She, she did not have money, resources, health care coverage. She didn't have it. But she had one thing. She had faith. She said, if I touch him, I will be healed. Matter of fact, if you look at the original language, it's not, there's a possibility of me being healed. There was an audacious faith, certainty. If I touch him, I'll be healed. Matthew 21, 22, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. 
Romans 10, 17, so faith coming from hearing and hearing from the word of God. This woman focused on what she, she focused on what she had, not what she was, not what she didn't have. And so many of us focus so much on what's missing in our lives. Stop focusing, whining about what you do not have and give God praise for what you do have. Let me say that one more time. It's not about what you're missing. It's about what you do have. And you're saying, Pastor Samuel, you have no idea what I do have. If you're in this crowd, I know what you have. And what you have is much more greater than what you're missing. What do you have? You have a faith that moves mountains. You have a shout that brings down walls. You have a joy that cannot be explained. You have a peace that passes all understanding. You have a grace that is sufficient. You have an anointing that destroys the you have a gift that cannot be revoked. You have a destiny that cannot be stopped. You have mercies that are new every morning. You have the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus, which means you have everything you need. You have everything you need. When you serve God with what you have, he will take care of what you need. And faith is trusting God when life makes no sense. It is the touch of tenacity. I need the 12-year-old girl to come back. 12-year-old girl, come here. Older, bleeding woman, over here. It is the touch of tenacity. So this woman, the Bible says, that internally she was surrounded by her past, 12 years of suffering. Her present, she was broke. Her outlook, she was getting worse. Externally, her miracle stood surrounded by a crowd. She wanted to touch Jesus, but Jesus was surrounded by a crowd. So I want you to come this way. She wanted to touch Jesus, but Jesus was surrounded by a crowd. Now this is going to be a little bit hard. Ooh, boy, here we go. Once again, we find Jesus to a great degree surrounded. Surrounded by dogma, legalism, bureaucracies, and constructs of men and philosophies that impede us from touching the living power and presence of Christ. And this generation must break through the ideas, the rituals, the dogmas, the legalism, the bureaucracy, the ill interpretations that surround the person, life, ministry, power, and presence of Jesus. Let us not be the generation that suffocates Jesus. Let us be the generation that paves a way for a broken generation to touch Christ. Are you with me right now? We got to make a way. We have to make a way. And, and, and by the way, she was broken, and yet she touched Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. She was broken, and yet she touched Jesus. She was broken, and yet she touched Jesus. Not only can God reach the broken, but glory to God, the broken can reach God. A broken woman broke through the crowd and reached Jesus. You don't have to be perfect to receive the love of God. She was broken and yet she broke through. God uses imperfect people to advance his perfect agenda. God uses broken people that dare to touch him to heal a broken world. If you've ever been broken, raise one hand. If in your brokenness you experience the grace-filled work of God, raise both hands. Isn't it beautiful? The purpose of God is always greater than the brokenness of man. God does great things with broken pieces. Great things with broken pieces. And she touched them. She touched, she broke through the crowd, even though she was broken, and she came through. And by the way, here comes the part. It is a touch of provocation. What does this mean? 
Jesus did not touch her. She touched Jesus. Jesus did not touch her. She touched Jesus. So we need a generation that stops saying, God, come down. We, we need a... God, come down. God, come down. And God is saying, I already did. Now it's your turn to get up. We have an entitlement mentality in Christendom. In certain sectors of Christendom, where it's this dependent, this, this entitlement mindset of, oh, um, um, oh God, just come touch me, 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 Lord. Come down, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Come down, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Come down, Lord. What if a generation says, I'm not even going to wait for you to touch me. I'm going to get up and touch. I'm going to get up and touch you. You're not hearing me right now. This world will be changed when the church actually becomes the church. And instead of waiting, oh, instead of waiting for God to touch us, we get up and touch the glory and the presence and the power of Jesus. Are you with me right now? We are about to touch Jesus. We are about to touch God. You're not waiting for a miracle. There's a miracle waiting for you, for you to get up. So let me explain something that's completely tangential to this. So it, I, I wasn't, can I put this? Let me try to put this in a way where it's not. All right. When George W. Bush was president of the United States, I was invited to Pakistan. And I was invited to this nation. Back there, General Musharraf was the president, and there was an attempt for the world to understand that there was a bid after 9-11 in America, a terrorist attack, there was an attempt by certain nations in that part of the world to depict the imagery of religious liberty. And so I was invited to preach, to preach. And it, it was very precarious. I actually ended up preaching in a city where a, a reporter from a very famous newspaper in America was just decapitated. And my wife didn't know that. She never would have let me go if I would have informed her of that prior to that trip. True story. So I went to that trip, and it, let me tell you how this connects. So I went to that trip, and it was it, the majority people attending were from the majority religion of that nation, which is not Christendom. And so there was a small Christian constituency delegation, but the majority were not. So I'm going to be honest, I, I, it was very, thousands upon thousands of people, uh, you know, government indoors, that sort of thing. And I came up, and it was myself, a man named John Raymer, a, a man named Israel Bermudez. And, and oh, a little story about Israel Bermudez, true story. It, I wrote about it. Israel Bermudez is from Puerto Rico. We arrive in Pakistan. We're in customs together, right? Myself, John Raymer from Canada, Israel Bermudez. We're going through customs. I go through Samuel Rodriguez, go. And John Raymer, Go. Israel Bermudas get stopped. And, and I, I see Israel calling me back out. So I come back out to the part of customs. And, and he says, Pastor Sam, and he's from Puerto Rico. So he, he's, he's, he's speaking to me in Spanish. He says, Pastor Sam, no me dejan entrar. His Pastor Sam, I can't go in. He, I go, what do you mean? You have a visa. He goes, the guy won't let me come in. So I look at the guy and go like, hey, we have a conference here. Your government is backing it up. He needs to come in with us. The guy looks and says, he can't come in. And I go, why can't he come in? And he says, Israel can't come in. And I didn't get it. I went like, what? 
So, but no, no, what do you mean Israel can't come in? I just told you he has a visa. You all approved it beforehand. You can't tell, no, no. He, the guy keeps on going, Israel can't come in. And I go like, but I don't get it. And the guy looks at me and says, Israel, the name, can't come in. And I go, the name. You have the wrong name, dude. <sighs> I kid you not, the guy at custom says, if you don't call him another name, he won't come in. Call him another name. I looked at him, and God is my witness, true story. John Raymer and I went, what do we call you? So from now on, we have to call you something different. Uh, John, what do we call him? Jerry. <laughs> just out of the blue. Was it prophetic? No, it was just Jerry. <laughs> so from that moment on, we said, Jerry, we'll call him Jerry. We agreed to that. He was Jerry for the next seven days. Jerry. So Jerry and I and John, we approach I'm, I'm, the audience is here, first day, I get the microphone, and I'm going to connect this in a second, watch this. So I'm, I'm looking at the crowd, and I promise to God, I wanted to preach Jesus and salvation, and do all of that without mentioning other gods or religion, just the beauty of Christ and the saving grace, couldn't do it. Over here on the left-hand side, there was an intimidating group of clerics and their constituencies, and their bodyguards, and the security apparatus, and they weren't carrying their Bible, they were carrying other things. And, and they were all focusing this way, right there. So I looked at, I'm, I'm trying to preach, and over here a bunch of people just packing, looking at me, if I would say the wrong thing. So honest to goodness, I don't think I mentioned Jesus that night. I want to tell you like I preached under the anointing, the power of God fell, people were baptized, set free, delivered, nothing happened, man. Quite the opposite. I don't think I mentioned Jesus. I think I said, he loves you. The big win, the big hug. Amen. And I dropped the mic like Jay-Z and walked away. We go back to the hotel, John and Jerry. We meet in the room and they say, Pastor Sam, we just wasted tonight. If we came here, we came here for a purpose. We're going to preach Jesus. We're going to lift up Jesus in this hardened region. We're going to do it. We all called our spouses, confirmed our insurance policies. I'm not making this up. We developed a contingency plan if something would happen, how we would run out. We found out the only exit was through the crowd. So obviously, Jesus save us. So the next day comes along, and it's my turn to preach, and, and then subsequently John and Jerry. And I, I get up, I get the microphone, and this is what happens. And all of a sudden, there was a crowd. There was a crowd. And I could have acquiesced to the, to the, to the mob mentality. And this is... It's recorded and documented, so do your due diligence. I began in this section. More people now than before. Thousands of people. Majority non-Christian. I began over here and said, and by the way, there's only, I didn't mention any other gods or anything. All I said, there's only one way to be saved. His name is Jesus. Right here, that crowd, salvation comes through Christ alone. There is eternal life, abundant life, and new life found exclusively in the saving grace of Christ. Right there. Over here I said, and by the way, that same Jesus sets you free. He delivers. And real quick, this is what I did. And by the way, Jesus not only saves and delivers, but he heals. And I ran back over here again. <laughs> True story. Didn't want to see him. I just, boom. Right? I said, all I said was this. Jesus heals. Just like that. Jesus Heels. <laughs> it walked away, right? So I continue preaching on this side. That's what you do when you don't want to see a part of the audience. You preach on this side, right? All of a sudden, 
in that corner seat where that guy's at with the hat right there. This 80-year-old man, right there where you're at, dude, right there, 80-year-old man, starts yelling. And I mean, ah! Immediately, I'm from the States. Back then, the things were really tense, you know? It was right after 9-11 and all that. And, and, and the guy starts yelling, ah! In the Muslim cleric section. And I, and ah! And I go, Señor, ayúdame, Padre, en el nombre de Jesús. Dear little baby Jesus, save me right now, please. Guy starts yelling, right? He stands up. A younger guy next to him is holding him down like this, going. He starts yelling even more and starts walking in the front of everyone, thousands of people. I go, oh, no, man. He starts walking up this way. Our, my security apparatus comes around, stops him. He yells at them. Jerry comes down. Jerry. He comes down and he begins to talk to them. The guy looks at Jerry. The other younger guy starts, blah, 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 and the other, blah. Jerry looks at me and says, in front of thousands, by thousands, I mean thousands, thousands, thousands of people. It's like, a, like, a, like an open stadium. He says, Pastor Sam, I'm preaching, dude. He says, Pastor Sam, give him the mic. In my mind, Jerry lost it. <laughs> I'm preaching, and I'm trying to peripheral vision, trying to fake like I'm ignoring him, but I'm not. And I'm preaching, and he goes, give him the mic. And I go like, <laughs> and he goes, trust me. And he yells in Spanish now, dale el microfono. And like in Spanish is a code word. Like if he speaks to me in Spanish, I know it's God, right? <laughs> so, dale el microfono. And I go like, he goes, so they bring the guy up with the younger guy and Jerry. They come up here. Watch this. They come up here. Ooh, 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 ooh. They come up here. The guy comes up, the older guy, the younger guy. And the older guy goes, is doing this the whole time. To the younger guy. I'm going, what did I sign up for? The younger guy gets the microphone and says, Mr. Cleric, that's what he called me, not pastor, the cleric. He says, that's my father. And I go, okay. I have no idea what's going on. He goes, no, it's not okay. Now, we're translating or due to English and so forth. He goes, it's not okay. I go, why isn't it okay? That's my father. I go, I, I got that part. He goes, no, you don't get it, sir. That's my father. I go, I, that's your dad. That's your dad. He goes, no, you still don't get it. I go, like, explain it to me. I'm, like, looking at Jerry, like, what did you do? Right? Like, what is this all messed up? He is the leader of the, of the cleric association of that region, the boss, the Mac Daddy Mac, the top dog. He's the man, the, the older guy. The younger guy says, that's my dad. I go, I get that. And the dad is doing this. I'm going like, wow. And, and the younger guy says, see, that's it. That's the problem. I go, what's the problem? He goes, you. I go, me. He goes, you and your, your thing, my thing. He says, yeah, yeah. My dad was born completely blind. 
And I said, okay? He says, no, it's not okay. You pointed over there, and you said about your Jesus thing and your Jesus heal thing. The moment you said that, look what my dad did to me. Look, he scratched me, and I go, why did he scratch you? Because he started saying, son, 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 my eyes are opening up right here. Right here, right here, right now, right here. The Father is here. The Father starts going, I can see. I can perfectly see. My God, it's my son. It's my son. I can see. 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 Not only that, the Father grabs the microphone. The father grabs the mic like I had any choice. The father grabs the mic and he looks at me and says, oh, and he's crying, he's crying. He's going, and he's looking at me and he's going, 80 years born blind, never ever opened his eye. And he's walking, he's looking, he's going, I can see. And he says this, he says, he says, with anger, but it wasn't anger, I couldn't describe it. it he just looked at me and went, you oh, your Jesus did it to me. Just like that, like really upset. He went like, your Jesus did this to me. And I didn't know what to say. I wanted to say like, yeah, it's all him. It wasn't me. I promised to God it was him. He goes, your Jesus did this to me. And I go like, yes. He goes, yeah. And then he says this, I prayed to my God for all these years and nothing happened. But today, your Jesus did this to me. Woo! So, 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 so he says this, and you could add, go call John Raymer, Jerry. It's actually written in a book. It's documented. So the, he, he says this. He says this. He says, it was your Jesus who did it. He says, like this, the leader, man, he says, yeah, he's crying, his son's crying. He says, he kind of like, like, like takes out his chest and says, so therefore, from now on, my house, we serve your Jesus. Somebody shout, there's power in the name of Jesus. If we break through the crowd, if we give the world an open access to the glory and the power and the presence of the risen Christ, they will stop bleeding. They will be healed. They will be delivered. They will be set free. There is still power in the name of Jesus. All right, stand with me. You are standing. I kid you not, you could call Jerry Bermudez, his name is Israel Bermudez, John Raymer from Canada. The next line he said was crazy. It's not like politically correct, but he said it. He looked at the other clerics that were there because he's the boss. I don't know if I totally agree with this because I want everybody to find their own way. But he looked at them and said, and all of you, from this moment on, you follow Jesus too.
the very next day, in that place, in Faisalabad, in Pakistan, little kids, little kids and teens, for whatever reason, the supernatural power of God showed up in such a way that it was way beyond, it was Jerry ministering, Jerry, little girls, deaf, mute, boom, power of God. The next generation, boom, boom, all over the place. The older generation touched, was touched by God, touched God, broke through, heard the word of faith. The next generation, I'm here to tell you, the moment we get up and we stop bleeding, the next generation will be saved. Raise your hands. Ooh. Touch me here. Jesus turned around and said, daughter, stop. He called the older woman daughter. You didn't get that. He was on route to heal Jairus' daughter. But he called the older woman daughter. Y'all missed it. You see, let me connect one more thing. Daughter, daughter, watch this. How many years was she sick? Twelve. How old was she? Stop it. She touched. And then Jesus was en route to touching. En route here, he gets intercepted. He hears this. She's dead. What? She died. In other words, you took too long with <whistles> Miss Touchy Touchy. Yeah. You spent too much time there, and now she's dead. One of the most powerful prophetic lines that come out of the words the mouth of the master. <laughs> She's not dead. She's sleeping. She's just resting. Raise your hands. I'm here to prophesy that our children and our children's children, our children's children, they're not dead. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what, what other religious leaders may say. That generation is not dead. That generation is sleeping. And guess what? It's about to wake up now in the name of Jesus. Hey, hey, no, you're not hearing me right now. It's a, that, gen, that generation is about to wake up. Let me prophesy all over, all over New Zealand, there's a generation that's about to wake up. All over Australia, there's a generation that's about to wake up. All over Europe, there's a generation that's about to wake up. All over the Philippines, there's a generation that's about to wake up. All over Indonesia, all over Hong Kong, all over America, all over Latin America, all over Africa, all over the Middle East, there is a generation that is about to wake up. With your hands raised. And he, and he gets there. And he gets there. And the first thing he does is he clears the room. People were laughing at him. Read it. They say, this guy's wasting his time. He's not. She's dead. 
The Bible says he cleared the room. You got to surround yourself with people that believe what God believes for you. You're never going to see the next miracle take place. Your suddenly will not take place until you clear your room. If you're surrounded with haters, if you're surrounded with people that talk more about your past than your future, if you're surrounded with people that like to say, look what the devil did, rather than look what the Lord has done, if you're surrounded by people that are full of drama instead of destiny, then you're never going to get your neck suddenly. You got to clear the room, baby. There comes a season where you got to say, if you don't believe what God believes for me, you need to get out of here. Get out of my room. Get out of my space. Get out of my destiny. Get out, move out, move out, move out, move out, move out. Once he cleared the room and he had people of kindred spirit, then he said, Alita Kumi, levántate, hija. And she got up, boom, get up. And she got up. And a girl that was dying came back to life. But it all began. When a generation that was bleeding had the tenacity, the audacity, the provocative faith to touch God even when Jesus was not looking her way. <sighs> Raise your hands. You can make God look your way. Your desperation, your hunger for righteousness, your pursuit of truth, walking in integrity, even your brokenness can prompt God. But you have to get up and touch Him. When we touch Him, He will touch the next. Father, you told me to tell this conference. You told me to tell shout. You told me to tell equippers that we are one touch away from the next generation being saved. That when our generation touches God, God will touch the next generation. So we're not waiting upon God. God is waiting upon us to get up and touch Him. And He'll take care of the next. So today, equippers from all around the world, equippers international, today we are saying we are standing and we will touch you. With our praise, with our worship, with our prayer lives, with our pursuit of righteousness, with our walking in Christ, we will touch you. How we treat others, we will touch you. How we preach the word in and out of season, as we make disciples, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, we will touch you. By not quenching the Holy Spirit, by not grieving the Holy Spirit, by creating room for signs and wonders and miracles, we will touch you. We will touch you. In the name of Jesus, Today we get up and we touch you. God conquers. We possess our children inherit. In Jesus' name, is there anyone here willing to touch God with their praise right here, right now? Let me ask one more time. Is there anyone here willing to touch Jesus with your praise and with your worship and with your... to touch God. If you need to touch Him, I want you to break through the 
to intimidate me I, I didn't today I'm gonna break through my fact I'm not waiting for God to touch me I'm gonna touch him I'm doing it if that's you when I count the three I have three minutes and 12 seconds and counting if that's you at the count of three I want you to run out of your seat break through the crowd touch him I promise you your bleeding stops today your emotional your relational your spiritual bleeding right now your brokenness comes to an end right now I, I promise you, it'll end right now. One, two, three, run. You gotta run. I got two minutes and 54 seconds. I need you to run. Get through your crowd. Run, run. Touch them, touch them. Get desperate. Run. Break through the crowd, baby. Get out of there. Break through. Come on, come on, come on. I see you do it again. say Heavenly Father today I touch you I break through the crowd not just the crowd of people but the crowd of thoughts and ideas and behavior and relationships that have held me back from touching you I'm not waiting I don't have to wait for you to touch me every single day by faith I will touch you and I touch you today my bleeding stops right here right now 
my brokenness stops right here, right now. You have repaired everything in me. You have redeemed everything in me. You have restored everything in me. I am whole. I am shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. And by the way, thank you. Now that I touched you, you're going to touch the next. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. Give God a shout of praise.